just wanted to start this episode with a quick shout out to Darren Dunn. Darren has uh, just come back from Disneyland Paris and sent us a load of photos which we've been putting on our social media platforms. So I just wanted to say thank you. Hope you had a great trip and uh, on with the show. Welcome aboard, Space Travelers. Please lower your harness and keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Prepare for blast-off. Welcome to another episode of that Disneyland Paris podcast with myself, Nick. And myself, Paul. I, I have got the name right, haven't I? Yes. Yes, yes. you've got it right. So yeah. I, we, we, we kind of missed January. So this is not the January episode, but I mean, it kind of is the January episode. But it feels like we've it's been so long since we recorded together. I just had that sundown. I should have it like taped to like my screen or something, what I'm supposed to be talking about. But... Never mind. Um, it's too late for Happy New Year's. Let's just move on from that. It's a new year, um, and we're starting off hot. We've got um, a great guest, great person, in my opinion. Um, he was kind enough to work on other podcasts with me, and he's been kind enough to offer to come on here to talk about a recent trip that he took to Disneyland Paris. Uh, we are joined by Kevin. Hey, how are you guys? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I mustn't complain. I don't know. I'm just, man, I've lost a rubber foot of my microphone stand. That is going to really annoy me for the rest of this episode. Well, Not that it matters, <laughs> but like, now I know it's gone. That's going to bother me. Well, your, um, your artistic mind has to get away <laughs> around it now. Yeah. 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 Gonna I'm going to, I'm going to try and plow on. Yeah. Um, so Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. Um, look it's for a, those. It's that... actually, it's actually, a. A little dream come true because, as you know, Nick, I don't think P Dubs knows, but I'm a huge, huge fan of the show. Uh, have been for many, many years now. Uh, I, I try to remember when I first started listening to you guys, and I think DLP was actually the first, uh, the first podcast that I listened to of the whole network and all the uh, different wow. kinds. So that must have been. It was way before COVID. Because I remember you guys talking about COVID when it was up and coming and nobody really knew what was going on. And I was a bit scared. I was lying in my bed. And as you know, Nick, I I put you guys on when I'm going to bed and I fall asleep with you guys in my ears. Um, uh, it started as like this meditation kind of thing. But now I, I'm i a big fan and I became a Patreon and everything like that. But um, yeah, I, I was walking through the parks uh, like um, a small month ago and constantly imagining myself talking to you guys about my experience because I was alone and I I could hear you guys' voices in my head all the time talking about the rides and the things that are closed and stuff that went shit because there's a lot of things to love, of course, about the parks, but a lot of things to hate as well as you'll encounter when you actually visit them. So you guys were in my mind all the time. Plus, um, during the nights in the hotel in, in Paris, uh, you just dropped the newest episode. So I came home from the a day in the parks, and then 
in in my bed at night all alone in this strange country <laughs> i was listening to my two favorite guys talking about the parks i just visited so that was awesome i mean peter how do you feel about uh knowing that we we go to go to bed with kevin most nights of the week to be fair i thought well let's t- let's say at least one of our hosts on this network has fallen asleep listening to us <laughs> <laughs> that is that is also never true never forget um <laughs> But no, it's yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. Can you remember when we started this, Peter? Was it 2017 or 2018? Around that time, uh, I think that's. When yeah, it was. I think it must have been. I think it was probably 2018 because we started it around the time we did the run. Mm. I think we started it a few months before we went together. Oh well, that was 2017. Was it 2017? Yeah, because I know that because that was uh, that was a year that I went to Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, so it would have been it would have been 2017. Jeez, wow! I think I started listening to you guys in 2019, and then I just went through all the old episodes and just uh, what do you call it when you go back towards the backlist? I mean, you yeah, that's what I did. So I I listened to all the old ones as well, and then um, discovered you guys also did the other parks. And well, Disneyland Paris is my like home park, so that's why I was interested in the first place. But then you you guys just became my, you know, night tool to fall asleep. And I listened to all the old episodes of the uh, After Dark Network as well. So going way back to, I think, like the first few years. Am I correct in thinking you guys called it the Mouse's House or something? Or you were at this bar or? The Mouse's Head, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah. Those were a bit too, like the quality of those episodes was a bit shitty. I, I don't hope you don't mind me saying. I, 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 if anything, I think you're being too kind. All right. Um, <laughs> they are, they are dreadful. So that was hard uh, to fall asleep with, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Yes, I mean this would mark my twelfth year in podcasting. I think oh, uh, wow. doing doing Disney themed podcasts. I mean, literally mm-hmm. like clutching onto this for dear life because it's all I've got left. But uh, that's how long these? I've been. That's how long I've been doing these. And mm. those, I would say, I mean, I, I would. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna shine some light on on Pedals because I think once we got you, I'd say. Chris Ripley, but I mean, you know, when was the last time anyone saw him? Um, but when we <laughs> started, to <laughs> no one knows he exists. We still, we still don't know who he is. We were supposed <laughs> to be out for our fortieth birthdays. It still hasn't happened. Um, mm. But when, but when you joined in, uh, I think it was late 2017, 2015. No, it must have been twenty fifteen. It was twenty fifteen. It was yeah, yeah so awakens. Yes, yeah, it? So it was it was when we'd taken Sam to DLP for the first time. It was the first time I came on the show. And he was he would have been just over two. Right. So that would have been 2015. And I think um I think uh that because that was also when I took over, uh unwittingly, but that's when I took over, and that's when I tried to start working on uh improving stuff on it and mm. uh yeah some of those earlier stuff are are pretty bad but kevin as as i said like this isn't the first time i've, I've recorded a podcast with you um the the now defunct and uh not very missed uh this is your life podcast <laughs> i was asked missed to do. by me well, had you on it and and you know on that we learned a bit more about you so for those that don't know mm. who you are 
Mm-hmm. Who are you? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, hey, but, oh, by the way, he's not Jesus Christ. No, no. I yeah. played him. I played him, though. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Short answer, Jesus Christ. Um, no, so I'm, I'm, I'm this 39-year-old guy that lives in Amsterdam with his boyfriend. I'm an actor, and I'm a children's book author. Um, so I did the theater school in Amsterdam, and I've been acting ever since. Theater, television, movies, dubbing of uh, cartoons, series, movies. I did some uh, a lot of productions for Disney actually. So I was the voice of Tadashi in Big Hero Six and the Prince in Cinderella, and also did a lot of series and cartoons. And I'm still doing that that job, but things are a bit looking a bit gloomy because of the whole AI business. And we might actually go towards a phase where voice actors are no longer needed. But we're not there yet, especially not in Holland. But it's something that's 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 like this big cloud over our careers. But fortunately, I've also decided to um, do some other stuff, and I, I I can say I'm writing this children's book series that is quite popular, and uh, I'm getting a lot of joy out of it. And it's uh, it's about a a young pirate girl that meets this old captain, and they become friends and go on these adventures. And it's inspired by a lot of movies and and things from my past and things that I still like. Uh, so that's so that's doing well. And um, yeah, and I'm a big Disney fan. Um, and um, not as big as you guys. And I've only been to the Disneyland parks in Paris. But I'm yeah, I'm a big fan. So like a couple of weeks, I decided to, uh, or like months, I decided to. I want really wanted to go back to the parks after I think ten years. But my current uh, boyfriend didn't want to come. He doesn't have this Disney melancholy vibe that I have. But I didn't want to go with anybody else. So I just decided uh, to book it by myself, go by myself. It was very exciting, but also very nerve-wracking because I had, you know, I I, I was going to go by car. So I drove there, which is like a six-hour drive from Amsterdam. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's... It's kind of it's kind of a scary thing to do to go by yourself, and I know you guys done it a lot by now. But I was wondering, how did you guys feel when you went for the first time all by yourself? I, I still find it nerve wracking, mm. and I'm sure Nick's Nick's the same because we've got got that same vibe. That <laughs> once you get going, yeah, great, yeah. Starting out, it's even now. Like I, I struggle to work out what I'm doing, where I'm going first. Am I gonna gonna go down the night before? Or am I gonna mm. <laughs> gonna risk it going on the on the day? And how am I gonna do it? Where am I going from? Mm. Even, even now, it, it's still nerve wracking. And I, I think I must have been probably half a dozen times on my own now. Wow. So so where when does the when do the nerves go away then? Kind of once I'm on that final bit of the journey. Yeah. Normally. Um, they they tend to go and and don't get me wrong I I still find it weird being on my own because obviously I'm with my family all the time yeah um and it just so happens that it it works out that when I go because it's quiet I don't we don't go as a family mm. um so it's just and, and they're not as as we were talking before my my little ones massive fan of of everything Disney and and stuff like that but yeah. um. He's in the same way as Nick. My my son's autistic and uh, got ADHD that we're just waiting to to get the full diagnosis. Mm. So sometimes places like that aren't always great for him. 
So yeah, yeah, especially at busy times. So mm. until that's kind of sorted, um, we don't tend to do loads of of park stuff just because it it's just not it's too wonderful much. For him. So yeah. going by myself is always a good option, and obviously we try and keep on top of things here at least trying mm. to get out quite semi regularly I, I would say yeah. um not that i've been it's over a year now since i've been to paris but i did obviously go out to california um yeah. and just haven't uh, haven't found the time to get out to paris and uh, and we're going to i'm sure we're going to talk about it in a minute um mm. <laughs> paris is a bit of a building site at the moment so yeah i saw um, it i saw yeah. it with my own two eyes yeah <laughs> yeah it is I think I'm the way I the way I look at it is I'm kind of I'm kind of like nervous on the way there because mm -hmm. I always I always think about um you know what could happen could the plane be delayed mm. um could there be a problem when I get to immigration no, there should be no reason but you never know these things right mm. um and so I never really feel comfortable until I know that like P Dub said, like on the last part of the journey, I can't even think about what I'm gonna do when until I'm there. Once I'm mm. once I'm like so when I went to Halloween Horror Nights last year, once I was in the, the car going from the airport to the hotel, at that point I was like, right, what am I going to do today? I've only yeah. got a few hours left, you know, obviously time difference, all that kind of stuff. So okay, mm. what can I get done today? How am I going to do it? And and then that's when I could kind of like do it. But um yeah i mean I, I think i'm like the kind of like the opposite of p-dubs like i love alone time um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i don't i don't worry about it as much or certainly in the same way that he does but um mm -hmm. yeah i you know it is i think when you're used to doing things with other people or um you're you're trying to yeah just 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 organize yourself like it can be uh quite tough and i think the thing is i always try and give myself more time than i need so i don't have to be too i don't like being too organized and i would struggle to be too organized so if i know that i've got plenty of time it means mm. that i don't have to stress about what i'm going to do when i can be a little bit more free flurry mm. about stuff and i think mm. that's how i make it work but the thing mm. is i know people that are compl like the complete other way and will need to know you know to the minute what they're doing when and you know what ride and 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 all this stuff and be really well planned um i just i like organized chaos so yeah yeah kind of how i i rolled and, I, and mm. the thing is for you as you said you hadn't been there for for so long that yeah. there was probably things that you knew that you wanted to see either because there were things you remembered you enjoyed doing before or yeah. because there might be something a little bit new for you to yep. do or something had um you know been upgraded refreshed um mm. in that time so mm. you probably did have like a, a list of things even in your head that you yeah yeah to get done so yeah as a child i i used to go uh, like once or twice a year with uh one of my friends and she had the annual pass and uh she was an only child so her mother always decided well you can t bring someone along um and we used to drive there like every like other holiday during school time and um so that's when i really became fell in love with the parks and um uh that must have been like uh, i think 19 
99 or something or 98 so i i think i was like um uh i must have been like 10 or 11 years old so that's 30 can it be 30 years ago yeah At, when did the parks open 95 no 92 oh. so th 32 years they've been open so I remember like one of the first trips we we took or maybe one of the later ones they actually had this the scaffolding up for the studios. So when would that have been? What the studios opened in 2002? Mm, right, 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 right. Yeah, so yeah. I mean anywhere between probably 98 99. Yeah. So 2001ish, 2002 yeah. you'd you'd have seen that, yeah. Yeah, so so um, so that's when I fell in love with the parks, and uh, I've been in love ever since. But I, so I went back about ten years ago with my uh, ex uh, boyfriend, and just remember, we had a great time. But I, some memories just stick with me, like the hotel and the, the having drinks at the Sequoia Lodge uh, uh, restaurant lobby with the big fireplace, you know. Um, but like memories of the park just faded away. So I, but because I listen to you guys all the time and I follow everything on the social media, I I'm very aware of how the park looks and feel and you know what's going on. But it's so different to have that experience or to actually experience it. So after a couple of years of just thinking about it, am I gonna go? Am I gonna? convince my boyfriend to come along he doesn't like theme parks he doesn't like waiting he doesn't particularly like disney i just thought he's not gonna like it he's gonna hate it everything's expensive the food is shit i mean what is there to sell for somebody who doesn't like disney there's nothing really thrill rides are you know there are few but you have to wait for a long time uh, so i just thought well either i can drag him along and he'll be cranky three days or i'm just gonna go by myself so i booked i booked um I thought, well, somebody once told me, a guy I know that used to work in the parks, he said, okay, if you want to go to the parks, you got to go on the 7th or 8th of January because those that week is like the uh, less busiest week of the year. So I never forget that because I thought, well, he knows he used to work there because they just they take all the Christmas stuff uh, away. There's nothing new going on. And it's usually the time where you can just walk on every ride and stuff. So that's what I thought when I booked uh, the trip. Well, that wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the thing is as well is that over time things change, right? Yeah. And I think, and I've certainly noticed this myself. Like, if you went in January before, mm -hmm. and I remember, I think the first time we took my son, we went towards the end of January. Like, mm -hmm. might have been the last week of January, mm -hmm. because we got a really cheap deal. I mean, a deal so cheap, like, I don't know how we even got it, and I, I, you'll never see it again. Like, it was something stupid, like, uh, about £250 for two adults, two children um, at Santa Fe mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. four days, four mm -hmm. nights, four nights, five days. Like, it was mm -hmm. just insane. Like, uh, like that ridiculous prices. But... Um, the, but the park was empty. Park really? was really empty. Wow. And it was, I mean, the weather wasn't good. It was very cold. We knew it was going to be cold. So obviously, um, you know, we 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 were okay because we made sure our coats were warm enough and we had, you know, like um, 
like I said to you, like thermals and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes the, it, the weather puts people off and, and sometimes it's just, you know, an inconvenient time of year. But um, that's not always the case. And I think over the years, especially after the pandemic as well, I think mm. people started to take more holidays, do more things at other times of the year because yeah. it almost didn't matter. You know, people normally wait for summer holidays or, or spring holidays. Now people just take kids out of school a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah. I do think that shift has, has happened. Um, yeah. I, th- I, you know, I'm sure at the time that's what it was, mm. uh, but not necessarily now. No. Um, but we've got, so we've got an idea of, um, of your history. So obviously you was, you know, going there, uh, in the nineties as a child. Now, mm. um, you've not been in a decade, but you're going again. Um, I, I guess the first question I would have for you is where did you end up staying? Yeah. So I, I just looked at all the prices and I compared some stuff and I quickly decided I'm not going to stay at one of the parks because the perks mm. are just not big enough to, uh, you know, outweigh the costs because they were so much more expensive than all the other hotels surrounding yep. the parks that I could find on like booking. So I just found this one hotel that uh, was quite nearby the parks and there was a shuttle bus going. It looked good. Prices were fine. And I just booked it. And that was a Dream Castle Hotel. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like this, there's this little area where there are like multiple hotels next to each other. I think it's like the Explorer, the Dreams yep. Castle. And so this is this whole chain of hotels that are all, you know, very, um, very much uh, in the style of the, of the parks as well. And um, so I booked a room and um, uh, I pretty much decided I'm going to drive there. The train is also an option for me because I can actually get on at Amsterdam Central Station and I think I might have to change trains in Belgium, but I'm not quite sure. But uh, the, I think the prices were just just higher or just as much as the, the drive would be. So I just decided I'm just going to drive there and um, I can use the, the car as well when I'm there. So, uh, yeah, I got that all booked and I, I bought this uh, two-day uh, park hopper pass for the parks. Uh, I was quite surprised that it was just, I think it was 140 euros for two days for two parks. So that was all right. And I think the hotel was around 240. So that's like under 500 for, uh, for, for this trip. But I have to count in the gas as well, which is about 100 euros. So I thought, well, this is, this is quite all right, actually. You know, going by yourself is always cheaper, of course. And um, so, yeah, I booked it and I started to... Uh, uh look forward to it but also get more anxious about it <laughs> in the weeks up to the trip well p-dubs you're uh you're a big fan of uh the explorers aren't you yeah uh, yeah that's the only place i ever stay if i'm on my own is is down there weirdly though the dream castle is the only one i haven't stayed in mm. <laughs> i've stayed in all the rest of them oh um i've stayed in the explorers i've stayed in the bnb i've stayed mm. in the is it the magic magic castle as well i think uh, it's the yeah. Is the one next door. So yeah, I pretty much stayed in all of them, but the one that you stayed in. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, <laughs> just because the others have always worked out cheaper. Nick, you and yeah. I stayed in the Explorers, didn't we? We had a lovely time in the Explorers because, for some reason that we still don't understand, we had a room with two rooms. 
So there was like the main hotel room and then there was uh, a door off to the side which had uh, bunk beds in it. Oh. And so like we could both snore to our heart's content and not disturb the other one. So, And I'm guessing you both actually do. Oh, I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. I depending on how I'm laying, yeah, I I do as well. <laughs> so yeah, I I, well, I noticed a lot of um Brits at the hotels, a lot of English people using the shuttle bus and and I'm I I'm reluctant to say this, but there's there's a certain type of person that's <laughs> how am I gonna put this, you know, respectfully, but um this I, I don't know there was just this every time the bus stopped in front of the explorer there there was this wave of people coming in that were just so out of this world world uh uh Rude? i don't know they were just yeah like these yeah. uh you got this jersey shore kind of vibe you know those those women with those big lips and 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 the, the little overweight children and the, <laughs> it was just I was kind of surprised because I was like why are there so many uh, British tourists here in this particular hotel is there like this thing going on this deal or something it was a way well, different vibe than with the Dreamcastle I, I mean first things first P Dubs that sounds like Liverpool to me um, yeah I was going to say did they have big Big bushy eyebrows as well. Yes, and yeah. like this, yeah. this, yeah. this uh, uh, tan, you know, the fake tans and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, I so there's two things. Like, so first of all, I know uh, for for a lot of England, um, the schools went back quite late in January. Oh, so I think effectively people got like an extra week uh, oh, because yeah, just because of when the holiday kind of like fell and you know because of what that what day christmas fell and, and everything like that so we did have a slightly longer intro into january than we would normally do right um, but those hotels i do often see them when they do travel packages um yeah. for certain websites so um and also look they, 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 they're good they're good family options. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about the Explorers with like, it's it's kind of like two rooms in one kind of thing. And the fact mm-hmm. that it's got like a, an indoor swimming pool and stuff like that for the kids to play around in. Yeah. Um, those hotels are really uh, kid friendly. Yeah. Uh, not all of them, like the, the B&B, not quite so much. Um, but, you know, they're, they're kind of themed hotels. They're fun hotels. Yeah. And when yeah. you're looking at the price of a Disney hotel compared to the price of those hotels, it does mm-hmm. make, a big difference. I mean, I mm. can't remember how much you pay for race weekend now, but I want to say it was something stupid. Like, wasn't it like three hundred pound for the room for the weekend yeah. or something? Yeah. Which yeah, would I'm have sure been, it was. Which would have been like one night at you know Cheyenne yeah. or Santa Fe, which is yeah. the lowest price hotel. So why would you why would you do that? Um, I mean, I said you'd already booked your your hotel, but you know, I was saying to you like I always stay in in Valde Europe because. Mm. Um, it's it's probably walking wise, it's probably equal. Um, in terms mm. of like destination, but mm. I like to be there because there's loads of restaurants, there's loads of shops. I can go and get yeah. snacks and stuff very easily. Um, mm. but it's because you, you know the, the Disney hotels, unless you're staying at like the Art of Marvel or the the Disney, you know the Disneyland hotel, 
there's not much to them. Like they're not they're not very special. The location right. is good that you can walk into the parts, but that's really the only advantage. And you're paying well, so and, much more for the privilege. Yeah, and and a friend of mine, the one that I used to go with as a child, she still goes with their with her family to the parks like twice a year, and she always stays at a Disneyland hotel because she really enjoys the extra magic hour. Yeah, she said as well. You know, I can get three rides done in one hour instead of like a whole day or half a day. So. She said, I, "If I were you, I would really consider going to a, a Disneyland hotel and and you know grab that hour in the morning and get your stuff done." So I thought about it for a little while, but then I th was like, "Well, I'm alone. I've got the whole day and evening to myself. I'm gonna take my time. I'm there for two whole days for two or one and a half parks. So I think I'll be all right with the time that I've got. So I don't need that extra hour, and I don't mind waiting sometimes either because I'm." I'm going to be there the whole day and evening. So I decided to to not go there. But um, yeah, that was my only doubt. I like the way, Pete Lobster, uh, that Kevin said one and a half parts. Well, <laughs> you, you can you can tell he listens. Uh, yeah, it is. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't absolutely. even call it that at the moment. <laughs> no, well. Yeah, it's been, one it's one park worse. and one building site. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so you, you drove down it. Obviously, it was it was a fairly long well, I don't know. Like, if 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 an American listener is hearing this, oh, he's and you say it's a six-hour drive, yeah. I mean, that's that's going to work for the day, right? It's, it's nothing. But... <laughs> Seeing family nearby, yeah, right, exactly. But yeah. for 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 us Europeans, six hours is quite a, a long drive. Well, um, I mean, I live in Holland, and the farthest drive you can get is uh, well, I do love the schools visit where I talk about my work as a writer. So I, I sometimes have to go to the other side of the country, which takes me two hours. <laughs> so for me, yeah, or two and a half tops. So for me, six hours is going literally to a different country. Yeah. Two different countries, actually. I'm crossing Belgium first, and then I get to France. So uh, I was very uh, well prepared. I had my drinks. I had my, because I left at about 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, so I took my time and I, I had my drinks. I had my podcasts all downloaded. Um, so, and I got my audio books and some radio. So I was all set. And well, like for the first two hours, I was very anxious. I was actually thinking, what the hell am I doing? Am I really as an adult going to this theme park that's, you know, aimed at children um, to a different country with a car that I never really trusted. Um, <laughs> am I going to do this? So for the first of hours, I was just very nervous. But then uh, that got less and less. And then I actually, when I drove into uh, the area, I looked at the map. I was quite nearby the hotel. And I, I, I zoomed out on the map and I could just see the parks on the right of me. So... I turned my head to the right. I was standing in front of a traffic light. I turned my head to the right and I saw this big, you know, farmer's field. And then at the end of it, at the horizon, I saw Space Mountain. I just saw it right there after 10 years. And that was my favorite ride as a child. And uh, I will talk about if it's still my favorite ride. But I just, I, I, I was seeing it and I went, oh. And then I had to continue because the lights were green, but I kept driving. <laughs> and that's when I knew this was the right thing to do. The feeling I got when I saw that stupid building. And then after about two minutes, I arrived at my hotel and the, the like the big uh, aha moments changed into um, tears. I started crying <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is, I really wanted to do this. And I was so afraid, but you should never let fear decide your choices. I mean, that's 
something I'm trying to teach myself. But that, that, that was a big example. I felt deep down inside I needed to go back and experience it again. Just see how I feel. See what it gives me, what it brings me. And the moment I saw the building, I knew that was a good decision to make. So that was, I think that was the, I'll never forget that moment because it's like seeing the parks for the first time or going back after so many years and you enter the parks and see um, see the castle again. I mean, that's just moments you, I really decided I'm going to be in the moment. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to just take everything in and uh, just see what it does. You know, I might feel like a child again. I might feel that little magic again or not. That's fine too. But uh, when I saw the Space Mountain building, I felt it again and I was already content. It's it's so weird, the uh, the effect that going to a Disney park can emote and i would i was i was gonna say like it's because it relies on your it plays on your memories like mm -hmm. it, it takes you back to uh you know a place in your childhood or mm -hmm. uh, you know a, an experience of friends or experience of family mm -hmm. but you also you also hear that emotional response from people that haven't been there before mm -hmm. and it's because they've wanted to see that in real life yeah, since they were a kid, you know, you know, mm. I I know, I know adults that didn't get a chance to go to uh, a Disney park when they were a child for various reasons, but always wanted to, and they finally, as an adult, you know, with their own kids, are now able to go to these parks and and experience it, and seeing that castle for the first time mm -hmm. uh, in real life turns them into an emotional wreck. Yeah, but it's not because they've got a memory of them seeing it before what well, I have seen it before, but it's because they haven't seen it in real life before. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird how Disney can, uh, yeah, not, not just Disney, but I, Disney seems to be a bit easier than most things, but how mm -hmm. just re-seeing something can, you know, just, just pull you back into, uh, yeah. a particular time and place. Yeah. Quite magical, really. Yeah, it is. It is, and uh, uh, it's it's also a very unexpected like moment where you just it happens, and um, and the, like that was even that wasn't even my first day. So um, I'm just gonna go through it, you know. And if you wanna, guys want to ask something, please feel free to. But I drove to the hotel and I checked in and. Um, <laughs> going by yourself i don't know if you guys recognize this but there's there's you know i'm absolutely no problem uh going by yourself and people you know but there's this there is this kind of vibe like like the the the, the girl behind the desk at the hotel was like how many people uh one one yeah okay <laughs> so there's this small moment where they're like Oh really? Okay. Well, okay. Let, uh, that's that, okay. I guess that's all right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so that happened a few times actually during the trip, and it didn't really look down on me or just judged me at anything at all. But it was like, oh well, that doesn't really happen a lot. But okay, fine. Um, so um, I, I checked in and went to the room, which was uh, very good actually. It was it was a good room, and I was very tired with uh, <laughs> because of the six-hour trip. Uh, I'm sorry, Americans. And um, so I, I took a little nap, and then I decided to go to uh, the village for uh, for dinner. And I booked, I think, three restaurants in advance because my friend told me you have to make a reservation, otherwise everything will be booked. She was actually quite right. 
So I, I think I booked, um, oh yeah, the um, steakhouse for the first night. Um, but then there was the same moment where I, I took this uh, the little bus, the what what do you guys call it? Um, the shuttle, shuttle bus. Shuttle bus, yeah. yeah. To, and that went to all the other hotels fir uh, first, and then it came to the parks. And I got out of the, the, the bus at the station, and I walked towards the village, and then I saw uh, the Tower of Terror looming in the sky with the purple lights and i got the <laughs> moment again <laughs> and uh and then i went into and then that was my first little moment of a struggle i didn't know what to do because i needed to go to the left of the village but there was no way you have to take a right and go act actually go through security before you go to the village that, that was something i didn't know so i was like what am i supposed to do now i, I need to go over there but that's just only the exit and I was struggling a bit, but then I, oh, well, okay, so I have to go through the security in order to get to the village. Did know that. And then, um, yeah, one thing I should actually say, it was amazingly, amazingly cold when I was there. It was freezing. Uh, we use uh, uh, Celsius. Do, do you guys use like degrees in Celsius? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was minus five degrees that first evening. And um, I mean, it was cold throughout the old days, actually. And I, I was fine with it because it's I, I prefer cold over heat and rain and wind and you know if you go to the parks I mean cold is just something you know your body get used to and you're just cold you know that's it but I was I was already very cold that first evening and I went to the first store that I encountered which is I didn't remember that store so I I was wondering if you guys know if that's relatively new but it's the big big Disney store on the corner of the village the world of Disney yeah um Oh God! When did it open, Pete? That was twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember because it wasn't there the first time I went. Mm. Um, it was open which... after Ratatouille, and I think Ratatouille yeah. was either twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. So maybe yeah. twenty fourteen, maybe. Yeah. So I haven't seen that because I remember the last time I went with my previous boyfriend, uh, Ratatouille just had opened just okay. had opened so i remember going on that ride and it was it was yeah it was brand new so yeah i hadn't seen that shop yet and i didn't think i did because i would have remembered but that's yeah. that's that's an amazing shop i mean it's beautiful uh themed it's it has everything so once you go inside that shop you don't have to see another shop again it seems like but uh yeah it was really just uh, soaking it all in it was very busy because it was evening it was just after the show you know the fireworks so it was very busy, but I spent that first like hour just going through the stores and soaking up the the vibe and stuff. And then I went to uh, to dinner, and it was actually quite all right. I had a I had a good meal and uh, staff was uh, nice to me, but there were a lot of people complaining that left the the restaurant and you have to wait for quite a bit before you get seated, even though you make a reservation. So they have this waiting area next to the bar at the steakhouse which is kind of a weird vibe going on, people waiting and whilst they have their reservation. And it was all a bit chaotic, actually. But uh, the meal was good. And then I um, I left the, the restaurant and it was snowing. Wow. It was just like massively snowing. And I just walked through the village and I saw the big balloon in, uh, like uh, on, on the lake. And it was just, it was really magical. I mean, you couldn't just... Everybody felt it. Everybody went outside and was like, oh, wow, is this really happening? Are we, are we at Disney and it's snowing? 
so yeah that was that was a perfect first night and i went home took a bath and um yeah i think i went to bed listen to you guys first <laughs> i make sure there's a podcast out for your journey so yeah amazing amazing yeah so yeah that was the first night and i got up early next day well not really early just early enough to catch the breakfast at the hotel which was shit that was horrible i entered the the restaurant and the smell was already disgusting you know that that hotel restaurant smell where everything is just old and and damp and it's it's you can just smell food you don't want to eat well that that was the smell it was very busy a lot of crying children a lot of mess a lot of tables you know not cleaned and I just looked at the whole buffet thing and I, there wasn't really nothing I wanted. So I, it was included with the price. So I took a plate and took some little croissants and chocolate breads and some coffee, which was terrible. And then I just downed it all and went like, okay, I'm, ne I'm not going to do this again tomorrow. I'm going to look for something else. I'm going to text Nick and see what is there to, to eat. And you guys had just talked about some of the places to get breakfast on the podcast. So I already knew where I had to go. So... I thought I'm not going to go to Starbucks because that's going to be way too busy. Um, but maybe one of the other places or actually in the parks, but I need my coffee sooner than in the parks. I was still thinking about it, but yeah, I, I didn't go back to the hotel uh, a restaurant for breakfast for breakfast again. I think, and, didn't uh, we, Pete, sorry, Pete, when we went to, when was it Explorers, didn't we have a similar thing with their breakfast? Yeah. Yeah, like we were really like because they put it on early didn't they because of the the race mm. events yeah and mm. you just looked at it and it was just like uh it's really not much here so yeah. Yeah, yeah they didn't they didn't give the full spread did they because it was no. it was early and it was like uh we i think we grabbed yogurts if i remember rightly so uh, think, before no, you I guys had to awesome, run you only yeah. took a yogurt yeah it, uh, I, yeah i was a little bit different on the the half marathon Mm. race but when it was only the the 5k and the 10k um yeah that was that was pretty much all we had time for oh wow yeah. um but no I, I agree they they aren't great um and yeah i'd completely forgotten that we just talked about breakfast items in the yeah in the previous episode so that worked out quite well for you <laughs> Yeah, because like the day after, um, I was walking towards the village and I saw Starbucks wasn't busy at all. So I decided, well, the coffee is all right there. So I'm just going to go for a coffee, but just see what they've got on the breakfast side. And that was actually quite good. I, mean, I am one for sweet stuff. You know, I'm not a uh, really um, hearty. Do you guys, guys go savory, savory, savory yeah. person? I'm, a, I'm like this sweet, sweet tooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went for like this, uh, the pancakes and a slice of pie, a banana toffee pie. It was really good, actually. And a big, big bowl of coffee. And uh, yeah, that, that was that was good. But there, there are not a lot of seats at the Starbucks, but they don't need it because most people just take it to go, right? So Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, and the thing is, like, so I, I'd message Kevin. I, Kevin left, left me a voice note to say, the breakfast is terrible. Where should I go? And I didn't get I didn't get a message until quite late, but I got I got the message back before Kevin had actually got breakfast. Mm -hmm. And weirdly, because and back me up here, Paul, right? But like, how far does the queue go for Starbucks in the morning when we're walking through the village? When you yeah. and me are walking through the village early, normally it's wrapped around the side of the oh store, and people yeah. are sitting outside, no matter what the weather. 
because oh there's no sense <laughs> anywhere else. Oh my god! So, um, so, so what? Why are people drawn to Star? Is it the coffee or just the sweets and the other stuff? I just think it's because it's got a name that everybody recognizes. It's yeah. like McDonald's. Mm. In uh, you know, if you go to that McDonald's, um, breakfast is normally too bad. But if you go there um, at like five o'clock, mm. I mean, it, it, it is ridiculous how mm. busy that McDonald's is. I mean, obviously they're they're you know building a new bigger McDonald's just behind it or whatever. Mm. But I mean, that McDonald's is ridiculous, and I think mm. especially for I mean. I, I, I don't know if I told you this before, but I've definitely said it before that like France is the second biggest consumer of McDonald's in the world after <laughs> America. And it's not that they're not that far behind. Mm. Um, they, you know, the French do love McDonald's, but it's also, it's a global brand, right? Yeah. You know, so wherever you come from, and especially like Brits, they know McDonald's when, yeah. when you're like, well, oh, what's that place going to be like? I know it's called the steakhouse, but, you know, is it going to be nice? You know, what's it going to be? Like? Yeah, it's reliable. So yeah. people are just drawn to uh, reliability. Yeah, it, there's a there's a, a pret a manger in um, in the station now, mm. and again, that's another one that because we have that in England, like it's another place people will just go to because mm. I I know what that is, mm -hmm. and sometimes mm -hmm. that's easier. I mean, Starbucks sure. isn't the best coffee; it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, but you kind of know what you're gonna get. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you know, uh, as long it's it was way better than the stuff at the hotel. So I was already I was just happy with it, yeah. and I was just I was ready to go. And um, yeah, I I went to the the park, uh, the Disneyland park first, and um, uh, I um, because of the whole change from Christmas to regular season, they had the scaffolding up. Uh, on the main street square around the I don't, guys i'm so sorry i'm not english is my mother language but there's this thing on the square this little what do you call it um, yeah I, I i would say it's a pavilion yeah yeah i think i think they call it a gazebo though don't yes, I? yes right gazebo. I yeah gazebo yeah yeah so yeah. because of the scaffolding you couldn't actually see the castle when you entered so you had to walk around it and then you got so I, I i walked around it and then i saw the castle and i saw main street and i i had that magic moment again and i i just took it all in and i just i forgot how amazingly effective main street is as a park entrance it's such a i mean the buildings the the music the streets the um, i don't know everything is so absolutely perfect that you just can't help yourself but feeling welcomed and uh, in a different world. And because of the big street, looking out on the castle, there's this vibe of, um, there's a lot for you to discover. I mean, it's this, that's what it says. That's what it feels like when you walk down Main Street. And it's not even that long of a street. It feels, it looks like a long street because of how the buildings are built, I think, and about, you know, how the construction of everything and also the play, how the castle is located on this little mountaintop. It just feels like this long journey, that you've got this long journey ahead of you. And uh, yeah, that that was amazing. And um, yeah, it's a lot that, of um, yeah. false perspective. Yes. Um, but it's, yes. it's very, it's very effective. Yeah. Um, it really is like very clever how they, they do it. And weirdly, you know, and obviously, uh, me and Paul have both, you know, over the years, you know, been quite regular to Disneyland Paris, and then 
between 2019 and and, and 2022 um because of covid like i i hadn't been mm. and it was weird that was the part of that trip i enjoyed the most was mm. coming through the gates mm. and i wasn't expecting to feel as emotional as i did but mm. i think because i'd forgotten it obviously i don't forget about it but you forget yeah. what it feels like to, to to see it unfold in front of your eyes yeah and um yeah, yeah it's it is it is magical mm. yeah it is and uh it was just uh, it wasn't that busy yet or all the i think because i entered at about 11 o'clock in the morning i think um like the early busy busy part was already uh, done you know the rope dropping and everything and the, so i just took my time and um i just took it all in and i i, I got on this stroll through the park and i just walked casually towards tomorrowland and i saw these like abstract uh met metallic figures everywhere um hadn't seen those before so i just looked at those and i uh, took some photos and i thought well this is something new i already i've already discovered something new and i didn't know i was gonna because you know because the parks haven't changed in 65 years uh or like the yeah. disneyland park hasn't but but that was a change and that was that was nice to see yes um was that did they do that for did, it was for the 30th yeah yeah Yes, yeah, so uh, and they're not there now. They've taken no. them down. Oh, They've really? Got... Yep. They replaced they... them with something new. Yeah, they put yeah, to do with the new nighttime spectacular. They've um, they've added a, a million splashes of color. Is that what they're calling it? I, I think something symphony like that, yeah. of colors. Yeah. Um, so mm. yeah, that's what's what's replaced it now. They've oh. they've, come out. they've been there. I saw them in twenty two. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, it was the the anniversary stuff. Yeah, because yeah. they're they're this. Of course, they're very Disney, like because they're Disney characters. But then again, they're kind of abstract. So mm. it is it is an interpretation of the characters, which I really love because usually, what you see is what you get. Right, the characters have to be the same way and be drawn the same way, and you, you name it. But this was just this this weird like uh yeah sciencey kind of approach which i really really love so yeah i'm glad i got to see it because you know i don't know if they're gonna come back now uh, maybe after the whole um festival thing but yeah i'm sure that, i'm sure at some point they'll probably make an appearance like mm. you know they they change things every few years you know in regards to that like when they change the nighttime show and stuff yeah um they might make some changes around but uh yeah. no I, I, that's that's why I like them. Yeah. Uh, because of what you said there. Because yeah. the thing is, I like, you know, at Christmas time, they have like, they'll sometimes have some of the characters, like statues, but, you know, them wearing Christmas outfits. And it's, it's, mm. it's cute. Like, of course it's cute. But mm. it's kind of what you expect. Yeah. So when you see something where, you know, as it turns, it kind of reveals who mm. the character is. That's mm. that's much more fun. That's a mm. that's a more fun game to play. Like, is that mm. that, or is that something else? And it turns around, and you go, oh yeah, that's um, yeah. Baymax and Big Hero Six, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I then went to um, to Discoveryland because I I I thought the first ride I want to do has to be a good one because the first ride you do, especially if it's a thrill ride, your body isn't used to certain experience so i thought i have to do space mountain first or hyperspace mountain as it's as it's called now so i i went into the queue and, and the queue was all right it wasn't too big of a wait 
But after about I don't know, 10 minutes or something, um, the queue stopped moving and for a bit too long for comfort. And then this voice came on and said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, due to technical difficulties, uh, stand by, please, and we're going to fix it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I waited for about five minutes and then I thought, well, I don't know if they're going to fix it or not. And um, some people left. I thought, yeah, this, this is probably the right thing to do. I'm going to go back, and that's always awkward because you have to pass all these people who I'm not quite sure how long the line goes on for, who don't make that decision yet. You have to, you know, get through past them and excuse me, sorry, but I left, and it turned out to be a good idea because the ride was down for the whole morning, wow. and uh, Space Mountain was down for a lot of the time when I was there, so it was down. Think for half of the day on that day the next day as well it went down again uh, same goes for big thunder mountain that went down a lot when i was there really a lot and i constantly checked the app to see what the waiting times were and they would just disappear out of the list because it was down all the time so that was a bit of a disappointment then i went into star wars or star tours which was i think one of the highlights of my trip because i'm a big star wars fan and uh, i didn't think much of it I, was, I thought, well, it's, it's just a simulator and it was exciting way back when, but it's not going to be exciting anymore because other stuff is better and greater and th more thrilling. But, um, I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan and you see the droids in the queue and, you know, everything, it, it just brings back this, this, this feeling you get as a child. I mean, I was really excited by then. But then, as soon as the movie started, the, the actual ride... There was this totally different movie on the screen that I remembered. And I thought, oh, they updated uh, the movie. That's a lot of fun. So I got this uh, start where the, the ship left the port and then Darth Vader came down and choked us and, you know, moved us backwards. I was like, oh, my God, this is a totally new experience. So I really enjoyed that one. Not knowing that there are actually 37 different kind of uh, movies that they're showing. I believe it is. Somebody looked it up for me lately, but I, I, something yeah. like that. Like the beginning would be the same, but then it changes to a different story and changes back. You know, there are a lot of combinations that um, that can happen. But that was I just loved it. It's, it's it's still such a good ride. I mean, it's so effective. It's so uh, so much fun. And um, so yeah, that's when I got my first ride out. And I um, yeah, I, I just um, I I was there. You know, I was enjoying myself. Yeah, it's um. I don't know how many. I remember talking about it at the time mm. when they announced uh, Star Tours uh, Two. Yeah, um, they 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 put a number out of how many different combinations there were. Do you and remember what what time they 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 updated it? Oh, in in Paris, I think it was twenty twenty eighteen, maybe. Mm. I think. Is that the same time as Hyperspace Mountain, or is that a different time? Um, it would have been a similar kind of time. Mm. I think they put Hyperspace Mountain in to cover the lack of Star Tours, didn't they? I think oh. you could be right, actually. And, I mean, originally, like, Hyperspace Mountain was supposed to be a, a temporary overlay. Like, yeah. it was announced as being a temporary overlay, and mm. here we are you know, five, six years on how long it's been now since yeah. they, they made the change to it. But yeah. yeah, it's still there. But I remember when they announced uh 
because I mean, Star Wars Two opened up in the American parts a good few years before Paris got it. I think I could be wrong, Pete. Does but wasn't it like three or four years that it was in the American parts before Paris? Yeah, converted yeah, definitely. Over? It was it was there. I'm sure Star Wars Two was in when I went to Florida in 2014. Yeah, well, no, it would have been. Yeah, because yeah. it was. I I almost want to say it was 2012, but I, all I know is it was after the last time that I was like we'd gone together, and that was 2010. Mm. Um, I know it's shortly after that, but I remember when they were talking about it, they said that there was going to be something, you know, silly like six. No, it was like that. Maybe like 200 different combinations mm-hmm. because you get a different beginning bit, a different first bit, second bit, and third bit. Yeah. Um. So, you know, if you if you start, like, playing about with all the different combinations, mm. then, you know, you, you can get a lot out of it. But yeah. um, I've got to be honest, the number of times I've been on it in Paris and I've had the same experience has mm. always made me question it. It's only when I've gone on it again <laughs> and, I, and it has been slightly different. I've gone, okay, yeah. I believe yeah. them now because yeah. I've seen it myself. But <laughs> you would often, I think actually the worst time to go on it is when they've updated it because of a film has come out. So wow. I remember going on it and it must have been uh, uh, maybe a year after The Last Jedi came out. Mm. And one of the, the, the new scenes was that final battle in The Last Jedi when they're on that planet with like the, the red... Oh um, yeah, love that scene. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, but that was put in because mm. when they first opened uh, Star Wars Two in America, it was before the Force Awakens had mm. even come out. Mm. So every time there's been a new Star Wars film, whether that's Rogue One, whether that's you know one of the uh, the three you know seven eight nines, every time there's been a new Star Wars film or even The Mandalorian, they've been able to add more stuff into that attraction oh. they're just mm. able to add more scenes in mm. but when i went to disneyland paris not long after the last jedi that scene was in i think nine out of ten times i went on that attraction yeah <laughs> so they really always that there. particular scene yeah because it's new the movie you know yeah. and i guess yeah it's promotion but also they they you know that people want to see something new but the problem is yeah. if you go on it you know four or five times yeah you know, you it's, see it's, the same same thing. Exactly, yeah. but the other, but but saying that the other bits were different, so it wasn't yeah wasn't a complete blowout. Yeah. But um, no, yeah. I, the the fact that they were able to do that is is good. The problem with Star Tours, as you know, you know when you won it the first time, when you won it like the next time you went, or you know a few years later, it was the exact same ride. Yeah. Nothing was different about it at all, mm. except every t- every year that passed, it felt a little bit more rough. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing you could guarantee. Yeah. Now they've got all these different, you know, sequences they can put in, and yeah. the ride has to move differently yeah. to those new sequences. So yes. it will always feel a little bit different, if nothing Ex- else. Exactly, and it takes away the predictability. Yeah, and that's where the thrills come in. So, and also the whole C three PO as a driver, I hadn't seen that yet. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, it worked way better than the. Um, the different robot they got because C-3PO is such an iconic character and seeing him there as a as an uh, animatronic is just cool and um yeah i really i really enjoyed um that ride i didn't really in i did enjoy space mountain but not as much as i used to because of the the overlay i mean it's ah uh, I, I 
a lot of podcast people talked about this, so I don't know if you guys were the ones that, that discussed it, but the whole theming of the building, the whole Victorian Jules Verne vibe, which is amazing and so well well worked out and detailed, and it just doesn't completely match with the Star Wars vibe. It just doesn't. And I can just feel the, like the difference when you walk through the queue and you see these... I just remember that everything was perfect when it was still space mountain or mission two i mean it just it just worked better from from my from my point of view i mean especially the queuing and stuff but also the ride i mean it's you guys talked about it a lot but the whole screen thing um in that ride but also in the avengers ride it's just it's just not good it's just not good it's i mean you can't make black light black i mean there's gonna be a screen and it takes away so much of the magic i mean uh it's it's the ride is still good. I think it's an, a thrilling ride still after all those years. I mean the coaster itself is amazing and the launch is good, uh, but it's it's just not the, the only moment I really got goosebumps is when you end you leave the uh, the station and the big Star Wars theme comes in. I mean in the dark and you go down and you get ready to be launched. That was good, but after that it's just a whole lot of dark and a couple of big screens and. Um, that that's it really and i just i didn't enjoy it as much as i used to enjoy space mountain I, and I'm, I'm hoping they're going to bring it back someday because i think a lot of the fans want it back um yeah well yeah, I, we i'm sure we talked about it quite recently didn't we paul about yeah i think so the look of like the, the fact that space mountain you know looks nothing like anything to do with star wars at all mm. like it just mm. doesn't it doesn't work as a theme, and even even being shot to start the ride doesn't yeah. work like for Star no. Wars. Like this, you've never seen anything in Star Wars that works in that way. <laughs> no. the, just thinking about it now, it's coming. So next year mm. will be the thirtieth anniversary of Space Mountain mm. opening. Mm. That would be a great time to revert it back, and I don't want Mission Two. I don't. I didn't like Mission Two. Um, I want the original, proper to the Earth to the Moon. Yeah, with the big old smiley moon. Yeah, and the comets and and all that stuff. And the, That's... And the cannon and the smoke and the pulling yes. back of the cannon. Yes, oh. yes. I want all of that Me stuff too. back. Me too. Um, so hopefully it will because, it, yeah. you know, I love going on Space Mountain and hearing the Star Wars music. Everyone loves the Star Wars music, mm. but. Yeah, I mean, as much as I, I do, I, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, but mm. if you said I can continue to have this hyperspace mountain or you can have uh, the original Jules Verne, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No no, no question about mm. that at all. Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of the fans are, are uh, calling out for it. So I'm just, it's still popular, right? And I think it, it will be, even if they you know bring it back to the original it will still be a very popular ride it, it it just the ride itself is good enough for everybody to to go on so i don't think you you know it will make um the ride less popular in, in any way or form no. but then it'll just they'll just have one star wars ride i mean now they've got two then they would have one and this meet and greet and this it might just be a little bit too you know thin on the whole star wars um uh, theming but you know mm. I don't know. It's just, it's just, I, I took, I, I, and, and also because um, uh, that's something I really wanted to share my frustration about because 
one of the perks of going alone, I thought, would be being a single rider, you know, yeah. and um, skipping all the lines. Well, uh, that was a bit of a letdown because I discovered on the first day when I was in the Disneyland Park that the uh, single rider lines were all closed. And um, uh, I thought that's something maybe temporarily or something was wrong or whatever. And then I decided to ask some of the staff members what's going on. And they said, well, the single rider lines are all closed because of um, we don't have enough staff. And um, yeah. that was that was very frustrating because that was one of the reasons for me to go and go by myself. But um, yeah, they were understaffed, which means, you know, like I think every single rider line needs one more extra staff member to to operate it. I think I think yeah. it's only one one because as soon as you uh, get into the line and you'll you you know you'll get to the attraction you get to the actual ride there's just the people that already work there that you know tell you to go on so i think it's just one that one person uh has to um be there at, at the beginning of the line but yeah that, that was a big of a letdown actually um but um the studios when i where i meant the next day all the single lines were opened so they really actually decided we're going to use the single lines in the studios, but not at the Disneyland Park, which is, you know, I don't need to go single rider at, at uh, Flight Force because the line is always 10 minutes. I mean, it was just, I didn't quite get that. Do you know anything about um, how they look at it? And have you heard about this complaint before? I was wondering, guys, if you've heard about the single rider lines being closed. I, I certainly haven't. That was mm. that was a new one on me. I don't know if you've ever heard that, Paul. Yeah, it's a strange one because it's it's a concept that everywhere seems to try and use. Like British theme parks have got them as well, um, but aren't always open here either. Mm. Um, and I don't understand because surely that makes their job easier. Yeah, you think, wouldn't you? Because the person yeah. at the end of the queue can just go, "Oh, I've got one space. You go in." Surely that's easier than having to go. Oh, is, is there is there a single person in the queue? Yeah. How many times? Yeah. How many times? Have, I, I, I can't even tell you the amount of times that I've been on queuing up for like Big Thunder Mountain, queuing up for um, Flight Force, or when it was Rock and Roller Coaster, and you'd get any any single riders, any mm. single riders, mm. um, and then you know if if like you were the only one, mm. and there was like twelve people in front of you. You've got to get try and get past those people yeah. in a queue that it's not designed for. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, just yeah. awkward. But it's like, well, yeah, if I can go on the ride a little bit earlier because I'm going on my own, then yeah, I am going to take that opportunity. But it, it's not easy whilst if the single rider queue was was open. I mean, the thing is, when I use those examples, I was in the main queue. I didn't even try to go through the single one because they weren't busy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, to me, if I if I go to Big Thunder Mountain and it says it's a forty five minute wait, or there's a single rider, and it's it's you know less than that, well I'll go down the single rider route. Yeah, but yeah. if it's only like you know five ten minutes, well just I just queue up like everyone else. It's not yeah. it's not a yeah, biggie. But sometimes it's even faster because with the whole single rider thing, you're very dependent on uh, whatever you know happens uh and you, most people come in pairs or like with four people or so s- sometimes you actually have to wait quite a bit longer than you'd expect for a single so when i went on to um the spider-man ride the new spider-man ride i the single rider said 10 minutes 
I, I waited. I think I waited for 20 or 25 because there was just not an opportunity for single riders to be let through. I mean, that, that can happen, right? And then you're just waiting with a couple of people around you. So it feels like you're going to be on within minutes. But uh, I had to wait for quite a long time. So it's it's not always a guarantee for a quick quick get on the ride. But uh, yeah, and especially with the Avengers ride, I really wanted to see the queue. So I, I didn't skip that one for the first time because... I mean, the animatronic of Iron Man. I just, I got a hard on looking at that one. I mean, I would just, I didn't even want to go go through on the ride. I just wanted to stay with him and see what else he could do. And <laughs> that was just, I was so impressed by it. And I, so that's why I didn't skip the line uh, for that ride. And then again, the ride itself. I mean, same story. Amazing ride, amazing launch, but you know, give me Aerosmith any day because you know, even though I don't like those that music, but the lights. The music and the the track combined were just were good, and now it's just some screens and and this I don't know it it, it didn't really feel exciting at all. Uh, but I I think you know after the launch I'm you can drop me off again. I'm I'm done. The launch is amazing, and and the rest of the ride is just it's a whole lot of dark. It's a whole lot of dark. Speaking of a whole lot of dark, I'm just gonna make this random connection, but <laughs> I didn't remember that um precious coaster was a whole lot of dark as well because in my mind that was this magical undersea things going on with a lot of jellyfish going up and down but that was a whole lot of dark as well preaching to the choir (laughs) (laughs) my yeah yeah because i i i honestly do not see the love for that ride and why the queues are so ridiculously long because, mm. as you say, there's there is a whole lot of boring on yeah. that ride. It's the, the the reason why the queue so long is because it's such an awkward ride to to load up. It's an amazingly slow rider. You yeah. get eight people at a time. That's it, eight people, and then it takes quite a bit of time to get in and out because it's a difficult ride to sit in and get out of. So it's it's, it's such so a slow down. rider. It was a, that was a major mistake by, with the design, I think, because that is just it's and it will never be any less than a big weight, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the thing is rides normally, you know, the longer they're there, the the the, the more the ride the, the ride wait time goes down. Yeah, um, you know, before before it closed, rock and roller coaster, five minutes. If it was yeah. if it was more than five minutes, there was something wrong with the ride. It so is that because it's a quick loader or it's not as popular? I, I, I think it's a combination, but mm. each car, I think Rock and Roller Coaster, isn't there something like 16 rows or something? Yeah. And there's two people to each, so that's 32 people. In um, about a matter of like, I think two minutes. Tops, yeah. And then the next one is already there. And so. you normally have like a car, you normally fill up a car and then that moves to the next bit and then you're filling up the second car. Mm. While the first car is is about to launch, you know what I mean. So it's mm. yeah, it's it's pretty quick. But yeah, Crush's coaster, it, it's 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 a nightmare. Um, the last time I was, was it the last time I was there? Things I think it might have been when I was with Craig. Um, that, like a, a a kid got on the ride when he wasn't supposed to, mm. so ended up going in the wrong vehicle with like three random people. And the family are like all stressing because like the kid's gone on <laughs> <laughs> this ride. He's going to come out the other side. But mine, they, mine. They're curious. 
what they should have done. Yeah. But they're obviously queuing to get onto the ride. And then, yeah, they're going to be on the car behind, which means that the kid's going to get off the other end and yeah. just a whole lot of mess. The, um, yeah, I mean, the thing with, um, with finding Nemo is, you know, once you do like the, the, the start and you kind of like do the drop and you, mm-hmm. you go around a little bit and you do see some things, um, and they are normally lit up. Um, but once you've kind mm. of got up the the, the lift hill, mm-hmm. it, it's a whole load of dark. Like there's, it is. while you're while you're doing the main bit of the ride, there's a few times you see like a few projections of like. I don't kind of say what am they I are, stupid but... to think that is my memory just messing with me, or or did it used to be different? No, I think the only time you really saw anything was at the, as a, like at the beginning, as you kind of like mm. do the first drop. When you go outside, outside and then come back yeah. in again, yeah. at that point you see some things. But that's once that's you've got it, to right? top that lift hill and it starts going, like it's just a whole load mm. of dark. Yeah, it's really. But it, I really wanted boring. to do it, so I, that was actually. Uh, I think I used. I actually booked two rides as a um, quick entrance. I don't know the correct term. Um, uh, uh, pr- is it still Premier Access, Paul? Yeah think so i don't think they've changed it to genie have they no, no, no it's definitely no, not genie no. now yeah. yeah so premier access i bought i bought a ticket for crushes coaster because the wait times were just constantly ridiculous even the single rider ones i just had to do it i was like i'm gonna be here now i'm not gonna be back for a couple of years i don't know when so i'm just gonna buy it yeah and um that that got me on the ride immediately and i also did that for my second or third time on the tower of terror right because i really i mean that's just guys don't you agree that's i think that's one of the best rides in the parks that is so and with the new overlay the new movie they've got with a little girl that's even more creepier than the family and the whole setting and the whole ride itself i mean the i the 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 thrill of the ride itself is so it's it's i don't know it surprises me every time that so it's quite it's quite intense you know it's quite the drops and the going up and the I don't know. I think I think it I think it's my favorite ride in the parks now. But I wonder what you guys think. Well, I'll be very quick. I've not done the new version of Tower mm. Terror. Mm. Um I so I love the theme. Mm-hmm. I love the concept. Mm-hmm. I have a real thing about heights. And so <laughs> you have to really drag me on it to go and oh. do it. Oh. I will do it. But I have to be like forced onto it to do it. Oh. And the thing is, like, I come off and I do come off like thinking, you know, that, you know, it was good. I enjoyed it. I just, I hate going to the top and that, and that, and the big drop. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many times I've done it. I, I like it. I still, it just makes me feel mm-hmm. like weird. Did we, didn't we do, we did do it in, we did, um, we did it in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, weirdly. So, in in florida it's still the same it's the original theme but when you do it in florida there's there's a room called or there's a floor called uh the the fifth dimension is it the fifth dimension yeah and so you actually you come out of the lift shaft and you kind of actually travel through a room oh it's really weird because you know when, when you've done disneyland paris one you're in a lift shaft and you go up and down right but in this one, you actually leave that and you actually do travel forward wow. and then and then go into another lift shaft. It's mm. it's uh and I think so again, I did that when I went to uh to Disney World Pool because one, I didn't know when I was going to be going back there. Um, mm. but secondly, because 
you can't experience that anywhere else. Like that's the only Tower of Terror that has that section. The, the yeah. Disneyland one and Disneyland Paris version don't have that no. that extra bit. So I had to to do it again, but I did I didn't want to go on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did at the same time. But yeah. that but Paul, have you done the the new version of Tower yeah, of Terror? Yeah, I I did it when it first opened. Mm. Um isn't there in, three in versions? Way. Yeah. There, there, there's three I, I think it's three slightly different storylines mm. no, nothing it doesn't majorly affect the the story but um, are the drops uh, the same yeah I believe so uh, yeah. I don't think it's randomised mm. in, in that one um, mm. Disneyland's Mission Breakout is um, randomised right. so it's not always the same but I went on Mission Breakout last well, about eighteen months ago, mm. uh, it's nowhere near as intense. Oh, as Tower of Terror. Um, I don't know why. I whether it's because obviously there's a lot of screens and yeah. stuff in in Mission Breakout. So normally, as you know, the doors open yeah. and you can see out. And he mm. does that once at Disneyland, mm. right at the top. All the rest of the stops are screen based, so the guardians mm. appear in front of you. And mm. I don't know whether because it's lit differently or or because of the screens, obviously, um, whether that makes a difference. But it definitely, mm. I didn't think it was as, as intense um, as as Paris is. Isn't it always uh, also because it's more of a family-based ride now then? I don't, I don't know because I, I went on it at Halloween. So it was the Monsters mm. Unleashed version. So it wasn't ah. aimed at children. Um, um. So I don't know. So where um, do you ra- where do you rank the Tower of Terror, Paul, uh, in your list of favorite rides at the park? Uh, in Paris, it's it's up there. It would be top five. So um, what's, your, what's your number one? My number one's Big Thunder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Big Thunder, especially at night. And then Phantom Manor is second, mm. and mm. Pirates would be third for me. Mm. And then Tower of Terror kind of comes in. Somewhere in four or five. Mm. It's funny. I I I think my number one would be Big Big Thunder. Mm. Um, obviously, my second would be Indiana Jones. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Oh like, god, I, that is a shit ride, guys. I mean that. I, I mean, speaking of getting worse and worse, that's just. It's a whole lot of miserable, <laughs> just shaking and stuff. But it's it's a walk on though. But it's it's. Oh my God. I remember the backwards version. That was amazing. I remember the backwards one as well. Oh, that was I never, thrilling. I only how did they do that? Forward. How do how do how did they? It was the same track, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was exactly the same. They just ran it backwards. I don't know. So, they uh, they did it for quite a while. Like they did it for numerous years yeah they, why don't they well. bring that back because it's way more exciting it would draw a lot more people to it i mean which takes away people out of other parts of the parks mm. one of those things where you i don't know i think the other i think the other problem with indiana jones is where it is yeah it's like hidden. yeah i mean I, I i i mean as as beautiful as Adventureland is mm. it's it's my least favorite land to walk around because Adventureland, for the most part, is a wasteland. Yeah, it's. It, I just get lost in it. So it's the I whole get lost in it because I really love the whole. Uh, because I write books about pirates, I was getting inspired by the uh, Skull Rock yep. area, 
And for the first time, I actually discovered this is all this like whole maze in the oh, rocks, you know? Yeah, the coves. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Is that is that still Adventureland? Yeah. 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 Right? yeah, yeah because from, I love from Indiana Jones to Pirates of the Caribbean as Adventureland. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just two rides, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then the the I mean, Captain Hook's boat was closed. I remember you used to get on. You, you were able to get on. They and normally yep. close it in the winter because um, of the fl- like because it's normally so slippery. Yeah, it was. They just close it, was, it for the winter. It was slippery. Yeah, that was yeah. closed. Uh, and is isn't um, the Robinson Crusoe tree also Adventureland? Yeah, so there is three attractions technically. I didn't go on it though. I didn't feel like going on. I no. I, I I I used to go on it as a child. I was quite you know. Uh, you know, charmed in a way, but I thought, well, that that's not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna like that probably anymore. I'm just gonna skip that one. It's just, it's just a walk. It's just yeah. a, it's just a long walk, and mm. you know, there's there's things to see. But I mean, yeah, I, I I think the last time I did it was, I don't think we did it in 2019. Did we do it in 20? I actually no, I think we did do it in 2019 because it was just mm. me, my wife, and my daughter, my wife. But right. um, yeah, it, like, I, but I, it, it's something that I will probably do like once a decade or something. Like, it's, mm. it's not saying I would do like every trip because no. there's just not enough there, and that's right. the problem with Adventureland. Is it's a, as Paul said, it's big wasteland. Like, there's so much space, there's, mm. and there's not really much there. I appreciate pirates must take up a large chunk of land that you don't see because it's, yeah. it's got to be in a massive building. But yeah. when you consider like just just how much land there is and there's just nothing to do mm-hmm. um and i think because indiana jones is right at the back of it i think it's very yeah. easy to avoid you know in fact i yeah. for years i knew there was an indiana jones ride i i didn't go on roller coasters till i was married i think <laughs> oh. so um the the number of times that I went to Disneyland and had no intention of riding Indiana Jones, I just I knew it was somewhere. I didn't know where it was. I wasn't going to yeah. go on it, so I wasn't going to walk to it. But do you know, you can't see unless you're walking to it. You can't see it. It's not no. like other rides where you can see like Big a sign or whatever. Or the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. sign to draw. But there's you no to it. there's no signage either. I, I I was actually looking for it and I had to use my app to, in order to see where am I going. Like in the, in the old days, we had this paper uh, map, you know, uh, and you actually had to use it. But right now, I mean, if you look, walk around Adventureland, there is no signage that to- points you towards attractions, which is probably part of the whole, you know, your, your vibe. But it's it's confusing. I mean, it's you can't really get it's a confusing part of the of the park i think adventureland we did um we did halloween one year um and it must have been i don't think it was a ticketed event i can't remember if it was a ticketed event but they did something of a night and they had adventureland open and they had some characters there that you could uh meet and whatnot hmm. but they also had like they were they were using um smoke machines fog machines hmm. um and it was really badly lit. Mm. And so between the lack of lighting and all this smoke that was around you, yeah. like I, it was really disconcerting because you couldn't really work out where you was going. Like every other land mm. you go to is quite easy to navigate, but eventually mm. it's just so kind of like big and there's yeah. bridges and there's, it, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just a mess. But uh, yeah. the pirate coves. Yeah. Um, do you remember we ran, we had to do that as part of um, our run? 
yeah to go through really? those which is yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah it was uh yeah you got you had to run through some of the codes which is not something i was expecting and but... they had a uh, meet and greet with flotsam and jetsam correct mm. yes yes had my Under picture there. taken with them yeah it's um Ooh. but it, that, that, that that's quite fun to mm-hmm. to walk around actually yeah, yeah, that's but, more uh, fun than robinson crusoe yeah i mean especially because there's no one really there in those coves and uh, you got this little bit where there's David Jones' locker with a treasure. You can just slightly see if you get on the right, you know, stone, and it's it's uh, it's adventurous. That's what it is, and it's yeah. uh, I think it's well done, and it's um, it's a bit of a maze. And um, I was <laughs> because I was alone, I wasn't concerning about anything but myself. But I thought if you have a small child running around, and you can actually lose a kid uh, down there. That's what yeah. I thought. I mean, it's yeah, you should really stick with your children when you're down there because it's it is a bit of a maze, and you might end up in a different part of the park, you know, or in Frontierland or whatever. I lost my wife in there once because found I'd her back, off... unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I just but because like I just gone off to go and look at something, yeah. and then tried to go back and. I'm not sure if I got lost or she moved to another part, but either way, I was like, where's she gone? And it yeah. <laughs> took me a good few minutes to find her again. Because yeah. yeah. it can be a bit like that. Mm. Um, so uh, you, you mentioned pirates. You, I know that, that that was like an attraction that you used to enjoy as well. So yeah. um, this was the first time I think you've been on it since they they kind of like updated a little bit. Yes, it was. And I did already see on-ride videos, so I knew what was, uh, what was going on. But as I already told you, there was the first time was amazing. I mean, it was just I was just looking at, at all the stuff and you know getting inspired by it and, and enjoying the ride in general. I did think the drops were a bit of a letdown in my mind. You know, as a child, those were quite big drops, but they they really aren't. They really aren't. Mm. And uh, as I went on for the second time, the second day, and I already told you this, Nick. But the, I got like this B mode where a lot of the stuff wasn't working. Um, I, I think like four or five things were just weren't working, and the guy hanging on the on the on the rope, you know, swinging back and forth, he wasn't swinging. The cannons in the water weren't splashing. Uh, a lot of things were just not going on, and I thought, well, is this? It was the end of the day, so I was wondering, and I think we talked about it, but is there some kind of like a energy saving mode, or is it a malfunction, <laughs> or? But it was it was really a bit of a letdown and also confusing. I mean, why wouldn't certain parts of the ride not work? Uh, it wasn't just one or two things; it were multiple things, and it seemed uh, a conscious decision somehow. Yeah, I don't. Do you know if there's a B mode, Paul? Not that I'm aware of. One thing I will say is I think I've only ever seen that swinging pirate work once. Oh really? <laughs> in I've all because oh. I've been going, I think when we first went, when they reopened it, I think I saw it once on that trip, and that's it. I don't oh, think I've. It's so weird. So why doesn't it swing all the other times? I don't know. It just it, it's never seemed to have worked. They just yeah, have I had problems just, with it. Yeah, I think it's just prone to breakdowns. Um, I think that's literally mm. what it comes down to. I don't think there's a. I, I hadn't heard of a B mode, and I thought, well, if mm. if anyone knows, it's probably Paul. But mm. um, yeah, I've been on it. I've been on it uh, numerous times where things haven't worked, mm. and I've just put it down to um, the ride. Just had I, 
obviously because there are so many animatronics, yeah, it, it could be prone. But then again, Phantom Man has got a load of animatronics mm-hmm. and, and effects, and and that always seems to work pretty well. But mm. yeah, pirates can be very hit and miss. Um, mm. You know, there have been numerous times I've been on and thought, oh well, hang on, isn't that supposed to happen? And yeah, exactly. You don't see it. You know, some I've I've been on it before where you know um, where uh, the one of the pirates he's, he's like chasing one of the yeah. women they kind of like yeah. spin around and and they they weren't spinning at all uh um, right he was just banging her in the corner yeah he got much. her he got that's her. it he got her finally so, um, after all those years it's 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 a it's a it's a weird one you know obviously when it works it, it's as you saw it's great but yeah. it's it's just hit and miss and it's yeah. it's uh it's a shame yeah. and, it's still an amazing ride and uh I think uh, one of my core memories of the parks is when you leave the port and you pass the restaurant. Mm. And when we, when I was younger, we used to have a dinner a lot at the um, Blue Lagoon when it was called Blue Lagoon. And just the smell of that place really was a, a trick. Is like a core memory for me. So just going through the whole bayou and seeing the restaurant and getting ready for the ride. That's just, that brought me way back to my childhood. And, um, I enjoy the new parts as well. I think the the like the water uh, wall, the, the the fountain where David Jones is projected uh, was a ride. But we have this park in Net- in the Netherlands where we also have the same kind of ride, a pirates kind of ride, and they do that as well, that effect, but way bigger and better. So that was for me like, ah, oh, yeah, that's like a a beam hold of that particular effect. But um, I love the Jack the Jack Sparrow uh, animatronic. That was really well done and. The thing is that with pirates, I mean, if the timing's not exactly right, there's a chance you miss some things. So during the final scene with Captain Barbosa, and he changes towards the skeleton, I didn't really get to see that right for for two times because the ride was just you know leaving or or, or a particular boat was passing it or too early. But um, yeah, it's it's for me, you know, I'm always trying to get into the whole pirate's mood when I'm writing my books, and that really helped out a lot, and it got me a lot of inspiration, so I loved it, yeah. Awesome. Now, there's mm-hmm. two there's two attractions uh, that I wanted to ask you about, because I know you had some strong opinions, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Paul does as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll start with uh, the more interesting one, so Spider-Man. Yeah. You went on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. What do and you I'm think a big, is... I'm a big fan. I mean, uh, well, I, 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 I was looking forward to the whole Marvel area because I hadn't seen it yet, and I, I liked the area as a, it was an aesthetic, pleasing place to walk around and to. It doesn't give me the whole Avengers feeling though. There is not a lot of uh, theming that really takes me back to. I know the movies or the vibe, so that's that was a bit disappointing. I love the Quinjet though. I mean, it looks amazing on top of the building. I thought it was a great sight. At first, I did the uh, Flight Force, and as I said, I really enjoyed the Iron Man animatronic. And then I went on Spider Man, and I absolutely hated it. I think I thought it was noisy. It was loud. It was all screens. I mean, the whole technology where you use your hands to uh, shoot webs is very smart, it's very well done. But it's it's just like five times of complete chaos and a lot of sound and things going on and you're just using your arms like this like you're some kind of maniac having an epileptic attack i don't know it was i, I was very very disappointed by it i expected it to, i knew it were, it's going to, was a screen-based ride but i 
I hope for a little bit more combination with, I mean, some real sets, you know, and some other stuff to to get you in. But it was all just screens opening, screens closing, and you doing this little circle around, and and that was it. And I was just disappointed. But uh, but I also knew leaving the ride, thinking about, you know, like Paul's kid or or other kids, they're probably gonna love it. They're gonna think it's amazing. So. That's why I thought, well, my opinion doesn't really matter because it's I'm here at this park where, you know, the, the main focus is children and they're probably going to love it. So good for them, but I'm not ever going to go on it again. I, I, I would say, Paul, we've been lucky in that we've gone on the real Spider-Man ride. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got nothing against Spider-Man. Um, it's technology that I'd already seen. It's it's nothing new. We've got a, and I'm I'm sure you've got a Legoland, um, as well. And there's a a ride there called uh, it's the Ninjago ride mm. that uses very similar technology. Mm. Um, but it's not the kind of you just throw your hands across the sensors. It's not like the the thwipping. You just mm. throw your hands in front of it and it shoots like bolts out of your hands. Mm. And and Disney's is an upgrade. On it, mm. the the technology works much better. Mm. But for me, I'm I'm still in the camp. I think it's a better version of Toy Story Midway Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think Buzz Lightyear is a better ride in terms yeah. of of what they're trying to to incorporate. I I do still think Buzz is better. And yeah, because and yeah, it's a combination between. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just me, and maybe children don't really look at it that way but it's with buzz you see these amazing big sets you know you're there you're you're making this and and with the spider-man ride you have these glasses on it's all 3d it's i mean the the, the movies that you're watching or the little scenes aren't that amazingly shot so it feels a bit generic you know it feels like a computer game uh scene you're watching so it's not really like you're there it's, you're playing this arcade game that's what it felt like for me yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I can see that. Um, you know, I, I did enjoy it, but mm. the criticism is valid, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, even though the ride is is uh, almost thirty years old, the Spider-Man ride that they made at Universal, which obviously Disney had nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect for me, the perfect Spider-Man ride. And with mm-hmm. that, I mean, it's it's screen based, mm-hmm. but there's also real life objects as you go yeah. through to make you feel that you are, you know, that it, you're that what you're seeing on the screen is also you're you're surrounded by it as well. So, like Ratatouille. Well, it's it, yeah. I mean, the Spider-Man ride at Universal is very much like what Ratatouille does, except for it's almost on like like a platform so you're so ah. Ratatouille, you're, you go along the floor mm-hmm. on spider-man the car does this ah, as well right. um yeah. it's also in 3d but again mm-hmm. you've got those screens and then you've got like certain elements of what's going on around you mm. as real life props mm. so yeah i mean ratatouille was like disney's attempt at doing a spider-man kind of attraction yeah. but obviously a much more family friendly i mean yeah. spider-man's family friendly but mm. what i mean is like you know, all kids can ride it. You yeah, know, because it, it yeah. just literally moves around the floor. Yeah. Um, there's no real thrilling element, but mm. um, yeah, I mean, Disney obviously had to do their own thing, and 
that's what I want, went for. And, you know, Disneyland Paris never got Toy Story Midway Mania and it, and it needed something like that. So mm. I can see why they've done it. But I think what you said about Avengers Campus is very true. I think what they've done with that space mm-hmm. is impressive. Like mm-hmm. it does feel like it's something new mm-hmm. compared, you know, for someone that spent so many years going to the studio and walking down that street and, and, you know, knowing what it looked yeah. like, yeah, what they've done with it, it does look completely different. But mm. that was my biggest criticism is that you're basing it in this world of all these amazing films that you've made and nothing from those films is there. Mm-hmm. Like none of the bit, there's no stark tower for you no. to look at. In the yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. you know, and that, I, I think that's the the shame of that land is that yeah. it does feel a little generic. It um, does. It does. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, but I know another attraction that had obviously changed since you last went on it as well uh, was Phantom Manor. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember the the last time I wrote it, and I. I, f- I find it hard to make a comparison, but um, I thought it was amazing. There were a few things that I thought were different, in, but but this is the thing, though. If you spend a lot of time, you know, not going to the parks, your memory changes, right? It changes your perspective of what you actually saw. So things turned out to be different. Uh, they might actually be different, but it also might be just my memory just telling me a different story. But I thought like the Leoda, the, the lady Leoda had was uh, used to move or something, used to be floating, but it, it's not. It's sitting on some. So that's just, but I think that's one of those things that where my memory is just playing games with me, you know, it, it made this bigger thing than it was. Um, but no, I think that's still a very uh, a lovely uh, ride. And uh, one of the things that I've found very um, uh, interesting is the way cast members, perform uh being an actor I, I i always look for how people are you know uh, performing and uh, some cast members really like actually got into a, a, a part so there was this guy at tower of terror who was really getting all up, up into it and was this creepy bellboy and and then like the next time you get on the ride there's just this this grumpy guy standing there just pointing literally only pointing you towards the right direction and that's i mean fine everybody does his own thing but it doesn't really feel like there is this guideline for cast members to either be you know do it like this or do it like that um what do you guys think about uh that that part of the park and and how cast members interact or not interact i was wondering i would say uh tower terror certainly um that's kind of well known for mm. the fact that the, the the cast members really get into uh the attraction mm-hmm. and really kind of play up to it mm. so i've got to say like the experience you just mentioned there mm. is not one that i'm familiar with but mm. then i don't I, i've gone on it less than than yeah full. so <laughs> you know maybe that's more common i've just been lucky with the cast members that i've had but they've always you know been creepy and tried to mm. you know mm. just just portray the vibe and you know, of all the attractions, I think the, the two where that is the, the most uh, prevalent is Tower of Terror and Phantom Manor. Yeah, like both times people do. Maybe it's to do with like the 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 you know the kind of horror elements, the the creepiness. Yeah. But they do generally kind of do more. A lot of attractions you go, you kind of go up and and 
cast members are just normal people yeah, that are trying to no, do sure, anything, you know. And they don't, they don't have to play a part, but there's a big difference between literally somebody that, you know, uh, operates the ride and you pass them when you're in a ride vehicle and they go and they wave at you or they or they just stare ahead. I mean, that's a big difference. And there doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be like this main guideline for cast members how to behave, which is funny because it's Disney. I mean, it's a company that really, uh, for just a little example, when we uh, do Disney productions in Holland, they have this amazingly long list with words we cannot say. Uh, they're very strict about it so it feels like disney wants to have control over everything even you know the parks but also the, the cast members and the, but somehow it doesn't really look that way when you look at all the different cast members and how they're behaving or how, what their work attitude is i think i think what comes down to is if they can get away with it mm -hmm. and what i mean is is that you know you do get times and and Paul, we've seen this, haven't we? When we've seen like execs walking around the park, mm. yeah, or certainly some of the big wigs walking around the park. Mm. And when that happens, you do see everything kind of go up. Mm. And I think it doesn't happen very often. So therefore, people aren't always on their A game. Whilst I think if they thought that people would be paying attention to what they're doing, then I think yeah. they would be more on it all the time i would also say you know one of the, the common criticisms about disneyland paris in general is the fact that the cast members and the staff are not the same as people have experienced in places like florida now yeah. i think it's you know culturally it's completely different and i think mm -hmm. also um you know there, there's there's this kind of synthetic thing that you often get in america in general mm -hmm. because that mm -hmm. is just what they're kind of used to yeah which we don't have in a lot of Europe and we especially don't have in France. So I think, yeah. you know, the people that love what they do and bearing mm. in mind, you know, this is the, these are jobs that don't pay, you know, famously do not pay particularly well. Mm. I think those that do it with the love and the passion that they have and want to make the most of it, mm -hmm. you see that shine through. But I yeah. think, yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's as hot as it, as it probably could be. Uh, what would you, mm. what would you say, Paul? Yeah, I I agree. The interactions vary a lot. Um, there, there is no structure to to how they behave in in Paris. Mm. Um, you can go from I've had some absolutely wonderful interactions with with cast members in stores, mm. um, but then another day you'll go into a restaurant and they're incredibly rude and mm. and ignorant. Mm. Um, uh, and a lot of them kind of don't have any care for um, people with different accents. Mm. Um, I will say as well, um, mm. they hear an English accent and they're not particularly helpful um, mm. in some ways. Um, but as I say, then you get, as you pointed out, the the wonderful interactions on some of the, the attractions. Um, mm. Phantom Manor for me every time when the person opens the door to let you in into the, mm -hmm. the stretching room. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're always brilliant. I, mm. I love love the interactions there. I've had ones when they've walked around the, the outside once they've closed the doors and they bang the wall. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, and mm. things like that. I, I love that. And yeah, as you say, Tower of Terror is a, another great one. Um, yeah. 
I and that's that's one of the things I feel let's Avengers Campus down a little bit is that there's no real kind of story behind the cast members. Mm. Why are they? Yeah, yeah. It, it, there, there's just a lack of cohesion. Yeah. Um. Yeah. With everything and uh, and now I I don't know whether either of you saw, but um apparently all the the interactions with characters have been shut down for um, the next two or three months. <laughs> great contracts are up again. Yeah, always oh, a problem. Oh, um, of the actors. Yeah. So there are no characters walking around in. The- uh, I think there's there's going to be some characters, but they're not doing like the the shows. Oh. Um, like the the Spider Man show and when you have like Loki and Thor mm. fighting each other and things like that, that's that's all shut down until at least next month. Uh mm. something all the way through till May, I believe. Jeez. Oh wow. Now there is one other thing, Paul. Now if if you were if you knew someone was going to Disneyland Paris and and they were asking for places to go and eat outside of the parks, where would you suggest? <laughs> Well, I know where you would suggest, which would be Vapiano's. Well, that's kind of what I did. I, I gave a list to Kevin of, of places that he should check out. And of course, the bloody idiot listened to me, didn't he? And he's gone to Vapiano's. <laughs> and, uh, well, Kevin, let's hear about your experience. Let's see if it was... Oh, uh... no. Well, it was horrible. It was. I think <laughs> it was the... Uh, so, so very quickly, I, I the first night I watched the... Um, the new shows, I mean the 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 drone show and also the uh, uh, the nighttime spectacular. I don't know what 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 is it called. I think it's uh, oh gosh, guys, help me out here. Isn't it electrical? No, no, yeah, the electrical sky parade. No, afterwards yeah. you get the main show. You get the um, main oh, dreams. Yes, I think it was dreams. Yeah. Um. So, uh, have you guys seen the electrical sky? Parade yet on video or yeah, I've watched it all the way through. Multiple what do you think times. of it, Paul? What do you I think? love it. Yeah. We, we've talked about this. Both me and Nick <laughs> love the original. Um, and literally, as soon as that bit of music kicks in, that's mm-hmm. that's it. There, there may have been a few tears shed when I watched uh, it. Oh, you should... yeah. I, my first trip um, as a family to Walt Disney World. My little one was only 18 months old at the time. So mm. I was spending nights in the parks by myself. Mm. And I, this is the story that I'll always hold dear with me. I left them in the hotel room and I spent an hour waiting, like in Liberty Square at, at Walt Disney World, waiting mm. for that parade to come past. And I spent a good, I would say, 40 minutes taking photos of it as it went mm. past. Mm. So that's always held dear, and I know Nick absolutely loves it as well. Um, mm. And to have some version of it, even if Disneyland Paris isn't going to have a nighttime parade anymore, um, to have something like that is is just wonderful. So are you going to go back anytime soon? Uh, I'm hoping at some point this year I will yeah. I will be back later on in the year. Um, I'm hoping to take my my little one with me. Mm-hmm. Um, not so little anymore. He'll be he'll be in secondary school, which is our our next goal. He's just he's just about to turn eleven uh, next month, so he'll uh, be he'll be moving school. So I said, my wife, mm. my wife is going away um, for the weekend, and I said maybe maybe we'll go we'll go over, yeah, um, and take in some of the the new bits that we haven't seen. He's not been. I think the last time he went 
was the year of the 25th anniversary. So seven years Jesus, since he's been to yeah. Disneyland Paris. So wow, wow. yeah, you you really should should see it in real life because. I mean, uh, the weird thing about drones is they they don't hold up on video. The effect is just not coming across as it is in real life. And also the music, which, I mean, the audio system in Paris is just, it's so good. I mean, the bass in the speakers and the whole, so the whole music just actually enters your body. I mean, it's, and the music is so iconic and it's in every fiber of our you know, core memories, I think, for all three of us. So hearing that music and feeling the bass of it and just seeing the sky lit up at the exact right time and the drones with the fire coming out of it and the drone with the smoke coming out, it's just, it's its amazing. its They did a really good job. I thought it was way better than the show afterwards, the dream show. But um, so I had dinner afterwards at Vapiano and it was just shit. I had a pizza and it was uh, raw it was late it was everything was wrong with it and you had to get your own drinks and i i stood before the, the building because it's fapianos and five guys in this like the same building you have to go through security to get into them yeah but uh i i i, I was standing there thinking am i going to go for this burger or for the pizza and i went for the pizza that was a big mistake but um um most of your advice i i took with me and uh was very helpful, but that one um, I could have done without. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I think we'll um, we'll talk about the the sky parade a, a bit more in the next episode because uh, yeah, I think there's there's plenty more to say. But um, one final thing that I wanted to ask you, just because it was something that we were having a conversation about and it really tickled me, and we had a bit of a back and forth on it, is uh, is the meet and greet that you had. In discovery. Yes, that. yes. Oh, I'm so glad you asked because afterwards I I texted you and said, Oh gosh, I just met Darth Vader. And can you please tell me? I am I am mesmerized by the system. How does he actually talk? So after our comment, you said, Well, I, there are multiple uh, options. I mean, there could be a person behind this wall that's pushing the buttons, or he's doing it himself, or and after uh, we had that little talk, I spoke to some uh, Star Wars fans in Holland, and they know how it works. They told me, "Yeah." Do, so do I had this meeting. How it works? No, I, I, as you say, there's multiple different ways it could have been. Like you could be pressing a button and it's <laughs> on his glove, or I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought. So I thought, and I looked back at the video because somebody actually filmed me meeting him and I had this whole dialogue with him. He was like, I've heard there was a traitor among the rebels. Is that you? And I went into my acting mode as one does. And I was like, no, Vader, I'm not. Well, I guess I have to talk to the emperor about it. Or do you want to tell him yourself? No, Vader, I don't. I thought so. And we were just having this really sharp dialogue. And I was like, constantly <laughs> thinking, how is he doing this? So I looked back at the video, and first I thought he's he has this belt with all these things, you know, utilities on the belt. So I thought he's pressing buttons. But then I looked at the video again, and I saw sometimes his hands were free of the belt, and he was actually speaking. So then I thought, well, there's somebody else behind the wall actually, you know, doing everything. But no, it turns out he uses his hands. Uh, a gesture like this will activate a sentence. A gesture like this will activate a sentence. Two hands will activate a different sentence. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So firstly, before I enter the little building, he has to change 
his settings to uh, a certain scenario, which I think is done on this belt pack he has, then English or French, and then he uses his hands to make, um, uh, yeah, to activate the voices. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. Yeah. Because yeah, I watched Kevin send the video over and I'm watching it and I'm trying to work out how it's done. Because, yeah, when you know, I think when you're experiencing yourself, because it's because you're experiencing it in real time, you're not really. Mm. Like, I was intimidated. Like, I, mm. I felt like a small, I, I felt like I was five years old. Like, mm -hmm. I was petrified. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't really thinking about it. But mm. because you had it filmed, you're then able to watch it. Yeah. And I'm watching it. I'm thinking, well, I don't think it's the belt because he's only no. like touched it once. So yeah, that and do you know, like, mm -hmm. so yeah, it was it was really interesting. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. So isn't there aren't there uh, more characters in the Disney parks that can actually talk? Not in Disneyland Paris, like no, but in, like in America, isn't there a Mickey that actually talks? They he used to did, be. yeah, and that was a set. He had no option; he would just say certain things. Oh, he couldn't actually talk with you. No, you could kind of have a conversation, but he'd like speak over the top of you and and things like like that. We met him, as I said, my little one was eighteen months old and couldn't really talk at the mm. time um and they kind of ended up playing choo-choo trains together yeah. oh. he kind of had a conversation about trains and, he did uh, yeah that was but it's it's obviously a set thing like he also used to do magic tricks like he'd pull out a, a massive great big set of cards mm. and he'd pop them up and you'd have to say what it was and then he he'd tell you what the card was when he already knew what the card was before he even started. Uh, so you think it, it worked in the same way, or was there actually somebody uh, queuing the, the sentences? I, I think it was probably queued before you even went in. Oh, right, yeah. Because he wasn't really reacting to what anybody was saying. He just no. kind of had this speech set out and mm. would leave a gap kind of for you to answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and that was it. A bit so like if when you, you're watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and he talks yeah. to you. But yeah. there's just a yeah. pause while, you you know, yeah. you could interact with the TV. Yeah. But you, yeah. <laughs> you obviously can't hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's I think that, that made me a child again. I mean, talking about magic. I mean, talking to Darth Vader and he's actually reacting to you. And that, that was, I mean, I waited for like an hour. And that was like, uh, I was the final person of the day. To actually go inside that meet and greet, and the the, the guy that uh, the the cast member that did everything, he he said, "Are you alone?" I was like, "Yes." Oh, same reaction as the as the girl at the hotel, <laughs> and um, he just talked with me about you know why are you here, and and then just before I got to enter the whole little area where Darth Vader was, he he went over to him and said something, probably like "guy alone English," you know, setting up the cues or something. And then Darth Vader walked around the corner, looked me in the eyes, and uh, started to talk with me. Yeah, that was that was magical. That was one of the highlights of my trip. I think something just stupid as meeting a guy in a in a in a you know in a costume that could actually make the whole experience magical, pretty much. So that that was one of the highlights. So, 
it, you know, roughly it was about 10 years since you last mm -hmm. went. Mm -hmm. um, I actually looked it up. Ratatouille opened in 2014. So that probably yeah. was, but it yeah, was 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's been it, 10 years since you last went. Um, you've had a, a pretty good trip. Yeah. I would say like, obviously you've talked about some of the highs and the lows. Mm. Um, what do you think will happen next? Do you think you'll leave it another 10 years or do you think um, coming back now has kind of sparked something off or has it kind of actually cemented this is why I go every 10 years? Well, when I first left and got home, I was like, I'm I'm done for the next few years. I mean, I'm, I'm only going to go back when something big reopens like Frozen or whatever. But then... The weeks after that it started to you know <laughs> grow again inside of me and um so now showing you the <laughs> my phone i've got the castle as a background yeah i'm really thinking about going back again <laughs> for maybe a different season you know different setting but i really want to make sure that i go uh, when it's most convenient because i don't have to think about my work i am a uh, I, I'm. I can make my own schedule, make my own plans. So I, I want to go at a convenient time, maybe between. But that's the final question I have for you guys. What would you recommend for me? What time would you recommend for me to go again by myself? Um, you know, to the parks again. P Dubs, I'll let you answer because I think we're going to have the same answer. Yeah, I'm guessing so. I, I would. I would go with Halloween. Uh, every every time, and, and I would go, I would go September. Yeah, mm. they put the the decorations start going up second weekend of September, mm. roughly. Yeah, um, so I I would I would say the third or fourth week of September mm. is probably a good time to go because Halloween's pretty much kicked off. Yeah, decorations are all up, mm. but it's not it's not. Halloween season mm. officially. Mm. Um, and what I would do is I would I would check to see. I mean, Disneyland Paris will announce their seasons probably about what, six months in advance, probably? at least. Yeah. So they will they will come out with when Halloween season is, mm. and if it kicks off in September, mm. I would go nearer then than October. Mm. Um. Because once it starts getting into uh, October, especially late October, obviously it gets a bit busier again. There's school holidays. September, people have just started to go back from to school from the summer holidays. So it, it's generally a bit quieter. The weather's normally pretty good yeah. at that time of year as well. Like it's not too hot. It's not too cold. Mm. Um, but I would, yeah, just wait to see what they say about when it starts. Because what you don't want to do is go there before it starts because there'll be things that you won't get so for example mm. one of the things that i love about halloween season is the meet and greets change mm. so you'll get characters that do meet and greets pretty much only during halloween season mm. you'll get maleficent you'll get mm. um you know sometimes like the uh the queen from snow white mm. um characters like that that you wouldn't generally see and of course my favorite uh jack skellington mm. hangs about phantom man at that time of year mm. so you want to go when it started but as kind of early into that as uh as you can mm. i would say mm. um but yeah that that generally is a good time to go yeah 
Yeah, I have to, uh, because we're also going on holiday in September, so it would be a bit much for me to actually come back and then go to Paris. But, you know, I'm I'm crazy enough, and I think I'm in love, in love enough with Disney to actually go through with it. And um, just hoping the single rider lines will be all opened and uh, it won't be as freezing cold as it, but it probably won't. <laughs> but, yeah, and would you guys also recommend, like, one of the hotels that I did? Or I know, Nick, you... Uh, Talked about Felder Europe. And do you have a favorite place to stay, Paul? Um, I would probably pick the Explorers Hotel. Mm. Um, as I said, me and Nick ended up in like a, a family room um mm. when we were there. Um mm. and I think they've got just as many of them as as they have normal rooms, just mm. because obviously they have a lot of families. Mm -hmm. Um so you never know, you might end up with one. I've had one twice. I was in one by myself. First mm. one, race weekend, I had the I had like six beds. I could have chosen <laughs> any of them. Um, uh, well, you would have chosen the top bunk. That would have been an absolute bucket to have got mm. down from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that yeah. would that would always be my recommendation would be Explorers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for me, for me, I would say Valde Europe just because it's depending on where you stay in Valde mm. Europe. I mean, it's not a particularly big place, but um, where me and Craig stayed before it was about 20 minutes into the security you know the security mm. you were talking about where uh five guys is mm -hmm. took about 20 minutes to walk there mm. we could have got a shuttle bus but also we were about three minutes walk from the train station mm. and it's one stop on the train and then you're in mm. the parks mm. and the problem with the the shuttles and you kind of you you mentioned this earlier is the fact that because of where you were staying, mm -hmm. the shuttle stopped at at least two hotels before it got to you. When you go at a busy period, that can sometimes be um, you getting on a bus or not. Yeah, but and because yeah, of the hotel choice. The the first night when I got back to the hotels, the when it was snowing, actually the the bus were uh, full, so you couldn't get in. Yeah, and I think all the times I used the shuttle bus, which is about two or three times, they were very, very stuffed with people, which just seems ridiculous because it, they would turn up to be a, a smaller bus. I mean, wh why wouldn't you use the? But that's probably. I think that people told me that's a, that's a problem that's been going on for a long time. But um, oh yeah, a hundred percent. And the thing is, as I said, like for me, being close to the shopping center. There's mm -hmm. a massive supermarket inside. There's also a smaller supermarket just outside the shopping center now as well. Mm. And for someone like me who wants to, you know, when you're in the parts and you're paying three pound or like four euros for like a, a bottle of water, mm -hmm. to be able to go into a supermarket and buy, you know, bottles like a, an eight pack of bottles of water for like the same mm. price as one bottle in the parks yeah just take them back to your hotel and keep them in the fridge or yeah. keep them in cold water like i love the the convenience of being yeah. able to just go and do that if i want to yeah, um, exactly so yeah I, I i for me unless i was staying at like the art of marvel or the mm. disneyland hotel mm. um i just don't really see yeah you get the extra hour in the morning yeah i understand that but quite frankly i, I don't really want to have to do big thunder mountain first thing in the morning because 8 30 do you know what i mean like yeah i want to do that at a time that i want to do it not yeah because i can 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. don't see the, the benefit as much, but yeah, that's yeah. me. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, look, um, thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on. Uh, it's been an absolute treat. Um, My is pleasure. there anything you want to? Any socials or uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, sure. Um, let's see. Um, I'm on Instagram, um, which is a very universal uh, way of, uh, you know, the rest is all in Dutch. But uh, you can look me up at Kevin Hossing, which is K-E-V-I-N-H-A-S-S-I-N-G. And you can see some pictures of me and my books. And uh, also um, uh, there's a link on my TikTok and on my TikTok page, which is Kevin Hossing for uh, I've made three reels about Disneyland. So um, you get to see what it's like being on your own in Disneyland Paris on TikTok if you'd like. So uh, yeah, look me up if you want. And uh, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you guys. It, it has been a, come, a dream come true. The only thing, the only downside about this evening is that I won't uh, be able to use this episode going to sleep. That's just too weird to listen to my own voice <laughs> going to. And um, But uh, yeah, and I hope you guys are... Uh, uh, gonna have a lot of uh, meetings this year and talk about all the stuff that's going on in the in the parks, and uh, which isn't a lot, but it, there, I think there's a lot of t- to talk about for the next few uh, months. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, and I look forward to listening to you guys and um, keep it up, keep it up. I love I love the show, and uh, I'll I'll stay listening. I'll I'll be a fan until you decide to quit or uh, or die, basically. No, no I. I... Personally, I'm not can't, can't speak for you, Paul, but I've not really got any, any intention of doing either of those things. No, I don't think so. Not cool. at the moment. No, I, don't, I don't. I don't plan on quitting. I don't know about the dying bit, but we'll say. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to avoid that. I think more than the quitting. But to be fair, both would kind of be the end of the, yeah, of the show. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I get that. But uh, no, it's thank you. Dark for... soon. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for you know for for listening as you have and for supporting us mm-hmm. um you know it, it's really appreciated it, it's been a, a delight having you on and uh the good news is when i call this episode it records the audio uh separately or it can mm-hmm. record the audio separately so what i can do is i can put an episode of this together for you <laughs> where there'll be huge long gaps uh where you're talking and then you'll just hear me and paul interact afterwards uh yeah. it's like a weird darth vader thing you can yeah. fill the gaps in for us yeah. while you're listening <laughs> what did i say there yeah yeah that won't help me get to sleep i think but uh appreciate the uh, offer but no thanks <laughs> well thank you so much and thank you dear listener for listening uh we will be back later in february possibly if not we'll definitely be back in march but uh look we've got Disneyland hotel we've got a new nighttime show we've got new light things in the park we haven't been able to talk about yet so we as kevin said there's a lot to kind of catch up with so uh we will see you real soon au revoir Podcast is a That Production and part of the After Dark Podcast Network.